0: Plus, at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply.
1: All right. So one of the things we want to do these final weeks of Spits & Suds off-season edition is focus on some players and give our expectations. And you mentioned Wyatt Johnston earlier, and I want to focus on that line. The Johnson, Dadanoff or Dadnoff, whichever you'd like to call him today, And Jamie Ben and because that to me was the key line for the Dallas stars. We all know about the first line and it was awesome. I mean, best line in the NHL, you know, by many, but at the same time, I just felt as though we always talk on spits and suds about depth scoring. And I felt as though Mm -hmm. that second slash third line of those three really just provided some punch on the ice. And I don't want to say revive Jamie Ben's career, but it was an up year for Jamie Ben, which is great to see. Um, so Wyatt Johnston, you know, we talk about sophomore slumps and things like that. You know, he's still young, still developing. What are your expectations for him this year as he enters his second official season in the NHL?
2: Yeah. Of this line, he's actually the hardest to project because there's, um, he's only got 82 games played in his career, right? Or 82 playoff games plus how many uh, regular playoff games did he eighty-two regular season games. So he's like hundred and one career games as we've seen him as a pro. If yeah. you the uh the uh the nineteen playoff games plus the eighty two regular season games. And I I look at his game and I know people we'll, we'll talk about points and all this he had twenty four goals, seventeen assists, forty one points. Um he I think he's going to have a I think overall game is a i think we can i think we're gonna see some similar stuff with johnston i think he's gonna be a pretty reliable player in all three zones you can trust him whether it's even as a younger guy you can trust him the defensive zone and the neutral zone and uh and probably is gonna this this year we'll find out if he's going to uh We'll find out some of the other things that maybe he learned from last year. Like his, uh, the stars, Gavin, are normally a very good face off team, right? Yes, very um, good, very, very. And, and, but, uh, but if there was a weakness on the face off dot, it was actually Johnston last year, was that one winning his draws at 43% last year. And so, um, now I'm not blaming a 19 year old for just there's a big, there's one of the reasons the stars are so savvy at the faceoff dot is they have a ton of experienced guys there too and with experience you figure things out so i'm interested to see if he gets better in the faceoff area when it comes to scoring um he had the 24 goals last year and i i don't know if uh i kind of get a little bit Concerned about the 24 goals setting a bar that people are going to use that he must reach every year. I don't know if Wyatt Johnston is a 25 goal scorer. Um, he had about a 15%. He shot at he had a 15% shooting rate last year. Um, he's probably the tip. He's like, for example, we'll talk about Jamie Ben in a second, but like, I think Wyatt Johnston is probably going to be a guy for career. Is probably going to be closer to a. 12 to 13% shooting rate. Now, that's not a huge drop, but that's still, you're going to have some years that are better than others. And I think kind of 25 goals can always be the target, but I think the realistic ideology with with with, with Johnson is always going to be 20 goal guy and ideally adds a little bit more to those assist totals. Say the 17 assists last year, can he be a 2020 guy this year? That would kind of be my, my hope for why johnston if he's a 2020 guy offensively 20 goals 20 assists it's it's great um and that that would kind of be, be my hope and expectation for johnston because i think the rest of his game is there it's kind of can he continue to take that offensive burst and particularly in, in the helper category that really that's where the space for growth is um I like we we'll go through design. You want to you want to do Dadanov or Ben Next? Which yeah, let's do, next, do let's do
1: Dadinov, thirty-four yeah, years yeah. old now, re-signs with Dallas. I thought it was a good deal for him, good deal for the organization. Mm-hmm. Excited to have him back. I think of the NHL trades, it was kind of a under the radar, um, but worked out really well for Dallas. We gave a lot of props to Jim Neal uh, for that trade. Uh, to replace a Dennis Gurianoff with a more productive player. And I'm fascinated because we talked, like, why does he move from so many, you know, city to city to city? Yeah, yeah. Um, Yeah. Seems like a great teammate, you know, everyone loves him. Great, you know. But the question is, is, you know, I, I was looking at his point totals, and they're pretty consistent, Sean. But what I do like is that he has thrived into the Pete DeBoer system, and that's why I'm so glad he re-signed, not just for the organization, but for the player. I think it just clicked in. I'm better if I'm in a Pete DeBoer system. What do you think?
2: Yeah, he's a uh, – I talked about Johnston with maybe a bit of a goal regression, not in a bad way, just the reality of it. But um, I look at Dadenov on the flip side, and um, so – Dadunov scored in the regular season last year, right? He had, um, um, where was it? Between Dallas and Montreal, he only had seven goals in the regular season, right? Then he went and scored four in the playoffs, but. Correct, um,
1: 33 points.
2: And, and and I like to use shooting percentage a lot. I know people are going to say I'm being nerdy on this, but it's I think it's a fair number. It's a fair thing to talk about. Um, Dadunov for his career, well, not for his career, last year, in the combined between Montreal and Dallas, he only scored on 6.4% of his shots, right? That's 6.4%. But for his career, he's had a, I'm going to go year by year for his career, 13.3%, 9.5, 14.9, 14.4, 15%, 14.6, 11.3. He's never had that poor of a finishing season in his career. I don't think, especially based off what I saw in the playoffs, I don't think last season is a fair reflection of Dadunov as a finisher. I think it may be a pretty fair reflection of him as a playmaker. I think the point totals are the assist totals are probably where we expect them to be. Um, But I would expect him to flirt with 20 goals at least this year. I would expect his um, he had the combined seven goals in 73 games last year. I think we should expect off to be around 20, 22 goals this season. I think that's a fair expectation for his body of work for his career and how he'll look once again, playing for Pete DeBoer and kind of playing in that system. So he's a guy who I think is a sneaky, good bet too. Like you talk about who's going to score, where they're going to be, and everything like that. To me, he's a sneaky, good bet where, and remember this conversation, Gavin, because like I'm going to be, I'm going to want to I'm going to want to beat my chest out on this if uh on in, in January he's going to be at like 16 goals or whatever and clearly clear 20 goals people are going to be like oh man look at this guy for kind of a comeback yeah. player of the year or, or whatever like I think there's a real strong chance for that I don't know if he'll flirt with 30 goals like he did um during the 2018-19 season of Florida but uh I think he's going to I think people who haven't watched him a lot and maybe haven't noticed. I think I think there's I think we're gonna see another player clear the twenty goal mark this year in, in off here.
1: You know, one of the one of the things I really liked about him, Sean, that I think people like the little scoring punch he provided, but at the same mm-hmm. time, I loved his work along the boards. I mean he showed yeah. some oh, uh, you know, yeah. some the, the fighting for the puck and winning the puck, but also the creativity so close to the boards uh was impressive
2: and his tra- in his his transition game is great like the way he moves the puck his vision that's uh that's great like he's um the way he the, his, his I love his vision coming through the neutral zone i think he does a great job of opening things up for teammates understanding their routes understanding where they're going um to me he's uh he's great for this system and it's why he fits in the Pete divorce system it's actually interesting and this t- this ties in really well cuz I think kind of the space where we see him pick up and and kind of get to that twenty goal mark this year is where I think we on the flip side I do believe there will be a bit of a scoring regression for Jamie Ben. Um, I don't think Jamie Ben's a seventy eight point player anymore. It was a like, it was a really good story. The Renaissance is great. I think those parts of his game are still going to be there, but we also have to account for. It's I don't think it's realistic to try to ex- to expect Jamie Ben to score more than 30 goals this coming season. Um, his ice time is going to starters need to be continue to be smart about his ice time. Uh, I really like him playing closer to 1530 a game. Is at like 1547 last year? I would actually even try to conserve his ice time a little bit more kind of the in game. um, uh, In game management of, of, of minutes that allow Jamie Ben to be at his best. Um, I think that, but I think just realistic expectations, it's not a 33 goal, 78 point season. It's maybe closer to 25 goals, which is still great. It would be, I mean, it would be if, if, if before Jamie Bennett had 33 goals this year, Gavin, if I had told you he'd have 25 goals in his 34 season, you'd be thrilled because like his 30, 31, 32 year old seasons, Jamie Ben really wasn't there offensively. Like, so this is, I'm talking about a regression to, I'm talking about a regression in his offensive game slightly, but still above what kind of had defined him the years before that. So, um, and I think Dadanov and Ben and why well, they're great to be on a line. The kind of, just some of the goals Ben had will probably go to Dadanov and it'll, it'll probably all even things out and that line will still be, that, that line will still be an asset this season for the Stars.
0: Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you.
1: Being ejected conference finals against Vegas. Will that have any carryover in that as a guy who's been in the room? I don't think it'll have carryover with the room at all as far as the players, but will how much will it be brought up by the media? How much will fans still be emotional about it? Those are things that, you know, I'm wondering and how Jamie Ben handles it and you know, or does it just go away in the offseason?
2: because it, it was handle it. pretty but, emotional but, 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 yeah. but let's be honest jamie's not going to handle it well we that's what i was trying handled, to get to yeah 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 like we saw how jamie handled it in the series itself it was the he almost he clearly didn't take it seriously. i mean not t- didn't take it, it's not that he didn't take it seriously let me rephrase that he did not take the public perception seriously the fact that he um was so dis- diminishing of it and showed no remorse whatsoever like he, he he lost some. I guarantee you, Jamie Ben lost some ardent supporters during that with, with what happened there. Um, he didn't lose the room. Anyone who and I, I know that Dallas room better than most people who haven't. I mean, I know that Dallas room better than most people who haven't played for the stars. And that room will still follow Jamie Ben to the end of the earth, no matter where he leads them. And it's why him taking a dumb penalty and everything like that led them out of the playoffs. Um, so it's not going to impact him in the room. It's not going to impact how his teammates follow him. Um, but it is always going to be a narrative that will come up, that will come up with, with fans. It's going to be a narrative that people will talk about and media people will talk about. And it's kind of like, it's, it's it's frustrating because here's the thing like that one moment where he basically snapped just like it overshadows so much good from last season. Like he had 78 points uh, set a new career high for plus minus. I know not the best stat, but still a new career high uh, his penalty minutes were the second lowest they have been in his entire career. Um, he had, he was, second most goals he's ever had on the power play um had a uh even with uh even with the even with the limited even with the limited ice time still had still like close to 100 hits and everything like that so many good things about the Jamie ben story that got lost by that and um it's always going to hang there that's just how memories work until How do you how do you replace the memory of blowing it for your team on home ice in the Western Conference Final? You have to win the Western Conference Final now. Like unless Jamie until Jamie Ben wins the Western Conference Final, or enough years pass by, it's that that storyline's not going to go away. I don't think Jamie's going to think about it. I don't think I really don't. I think I think he has in a good way, and I'm saying this in a good way. He's a bit of goldfish brain about it, where it's kind of it ended and it happened, but um. Fans have longer memories because that's 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 what makes people fans. That's fan is short for fanatic. It's well, the reason I, that we right. love sports. And I
1: don't I don't think he will do this, but I think he should be proactive on it. I think he should have been more proactive at the time. But if it is brought up in training camp, I feel like he should give, you know. Let's just say he came out and said, I thought about it all offseason and it crushed me that I put my team in that situation. You know, I need to be better. And so to the fans, I say, I'm going to give it my all this year. Appreciate you guys sticking with me. Any any of those words, I think, are rallying cries for the Stars fan base. But, I yeah. mean, and this is just me. I'm saying it from an outside perspective. And I like Jamie Benn. However, you know, when I watch these snarky remarks after each game and then I see what happened in game three, I'm like, you know, I'm not one of those guys that's going to jump off the Jamie Ben bandwagon, but I, I, you know, I just want more out of my captain. You know, it makes I, it hard to root. It, yes, he, exactly. He makes,
2: he makes it hard to root for him when things aren't going well, right? And that's the thing. That's the thing where it's like, um, Joe Pavelski, uh, even Jason Robertson has good elements of this, where even when things aren't going well, there's. Some responsibility slash anger about it, right? Where it's like you can ask Joe Pavelski after a tough game about things and everything, and there can be some anger and frustration, but it's channeled the right way. It's not; it doesn't come off as malaise, and that's something that um that Ben struggles to not convey. Yeah. He struggles to, um, like I remember, um. And one thing that will always give Jamie Ben the benefit of the doubt, and because I, I truly believe that his pu- his public and private persona are very different. Um, we saw it on the video uh, after they lost in the final in the bubble and how he was the last guy in the room still in his gear and, and everything like that. And, um, but it's, he's, he's a perfect example. And I don't want, it's funny, I'm going to talk to both sides of my mouth on this, right? Like, I don't want players to be cliche. I want players to be interesting and to speak their mind and do it and everything like that. But some guys do need the media training to reach the bare minimum of the bar. And I just don't think Jamie Ben ever really embraced what that meant. Like right. um, he's not, he doesn't give cliche answers. He gives practically no answers at all. And that's just the reality of it. And it's something that I think the stars will have to keep in mind someday whenever Ben is, whenever Ben's done with the organization, whenever there is a, a new captain, I think part of the Jamie Ben experience will be making sure whoever that next leading voice is, the guy wearing the seat, making sure he has the tools or the understanding to check that box because it embarrassed the organization. It embarrassed the organization. It was the laughing stock of the hockey world, and it's sad because it took away from what was a really great yeah. otherwise season for Ben last year.
1: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And the one thing I will say is that, you know, during this season, he did a really good job of staying out of the box.
2: Oh yeah, so, he did. He you know, did. He, he, really he did a
1: really good job of staying out of the box. It was just a, a one time thing, but wow, it was it was so blatant. So let's hope for a big uh, you know swing in. Uh, you know, I mean. It would be terrific if he came out and was proactive. But at the same time, you know, I'm really excited about that line. Uh, I'm looking to see if that cohesion stays together. And next week, we'll concentrate on three other players. If you were yep. listening to Spitz and Suds, and by the way, that's why you should listen to Spitz and Suds, because we're going to give you that inside knowledge. Sean's going to drop those knowledge bombs, uh, you know, about what it's like being inside the Stars' locker room and his perspective. And we're not going to candy coat things. And that's the reality.